All right. Thank you for being here again for the Amelia Leeds podcast. Here's the thing. I'm a sucker for inspirational movies where somebody like exceeds their station in life. The Finding Forrester and Goodwill Hunting, like those things, those are my favorite and they always have been. And I think it's just because somewhere along the lines in high school or college, I read Thoreau, I think it was Thoreau. And he said that that thing that we hear from time to time that I wanted to live deeply and suck all the marrow out of life. And it just feels like the way a life should be lived. Today, we're going to talk about leadership. And the thing about that quote and leadership is that neither one of them is easy. You know, if you run around doing all the things in your life and living as fully and deeply as you can, you're going to stumble and you're going to get hurt. And other people sometimes are going to be involved. That's what leadership's like. And Robbie and Greta are going to talk about that today. It's my favorite podcast that they've done so far. It was so, I smiled for the first nine minutes with a goofy smile on my face. It was intriguing. I hope you enjoy it too. I'll see you at the end. Hey, Robbie, leadership is really hard. <laughs> and uh, we probably should have started with this podcast. If we can rework everything and put this one at the beginning, I think it really would benefit a lot of people to recognize upfront all of these things we talk about and sometimes make seem so easy, the bajillions of books and podcasts and things out there that exist about leadership and how you can make it easy, it's just downright hard always. And a couple of years ago, you sent us this older article you had written, I think like a Medium article about almost, I don't remember exactly what it was called, but it was like, well, why leader, it wasn't why leadership sucks, but it was like, <laughs> it why it's super hard or why you might want to rethink it or at least be aware of these things. And it was super helpful for me. Like I'd never seen someone lay it out that's like, hey, this is just part of it. It's not like you get to a level of your leadership and you're like, now it's easy. It will always be hard. Um, and I want to break down some of these pieces of this article. But I, I feel like you had a story behind why you wrote it. Yeah, because I feel like there is something broken inside the brain of every leader. It's just the truth that like they're like, so just this morning, so I got here, let me see, seven <laughs> minutes ago. And already today, I found out about a team member who had a very close person in their family pass away, heartbreaking, a team member who had just has some like, you know, some a few things happened in the last couple of weeks that just like they've got to be fixed, you know, I mean, just like I walk in and I'm seven minutes into this thing and already it's burden, burden, burden. Additionally, I've got like three or four projects that are lined up that like we have to get these things done in the next week or we will have missed the boat. It's just like, and yet I am so energized right now. Like there is something broken in the mind of every leader. I don't know what it is, but there is some switch that hasn't been flipped. There are some like synopses, synapses, <laughs> synapedes, I don't know, I'm not sure, <laughs> that hasn't connected, yeah. like that actually makes this, this burden of leadership enjoyable. Like it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. And the thing that I think makes even less sense is that any of us who have been around someone who is a great leader, they make it look easy. It's like tennis. Like I remember, I don't know how this happened, but I found myself playing tennis one day. Like, you know, it's so strange. It's not what I do. But I remember thinking, I've I've seen this on television. It's going to be so easy it was the most difficult thing I've ever done. I've played one time and I refuse to ever play again. Like there is just something about watching an extraordinary athlete make it look easy. Hundred mile an hour fastballs. Like we, me and Jenny, my wife went to the batting cages um, a few weeks back. We were on vacation. We were like, that'll be fun. 
And so I hopped in like the 70 mile an hour cage. I couldn't even see the baseball. Like it was <laughs> like I, I I was sore for days, like chasing a ball I never got to hit. Like yeah. it was it was crazy. And I think leadership is the same way that the 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 great leaders around us, they make something that is at least that I have found to be so, so difficult, so easy. And yet something that is so difficult, I actually really enjoy it. And I think that's strange. I um, do too. There is something wrong with you. Something's broken. <laughs> and so today I'm excited for us to talk about just so the article is just about why no one should want to lead. Yeah, like, it's like 10 reasons yeah. why it's so hard. One of the things you said in the article was there are only two ways to become a better leader. So I still recommend, I love the podcast and I love the books and things like that, but there are truly two, unfortunately, hard ways <laughs> to become a better leader, to painfully evaluate how you recently failed, and then to painfully evaluate how you've been continually failing. That's right. Like, there's no other way in my experience to actually learn how to be a better leader. And ultimately, like, this is why deep relationship with your team is so important, because so many of those things that you've been, like, failing at that you don't, sometimes you don't even know. Like, sometimes it's this more obvious often than not, I think it's these blind spots that it requires your team to look across the table at you and say, look, like when you look at us like that, do you know what that is communicating? Or when you use that tone or when you use those words, do you know what that is communicating? And as a leader, you have two choices in that moment. I can either stop and painfully evaluate that, or I can just keep on moving, right? And I, like leadership can't be this like daily painful evaluation. Like I think that's like a great way to end at this like very demoralized state of leadership. But it has to be a discipline that is baked in on a regular cadence in a rhythm of like, okay, I'm going to seek out ways that I've been failing and I'm going to sit with them, right? Like uh, what does Annie Stanley say? He says, experience doesn't make you more wise. Evaluated experience makes you more wise. And that's how you become a better leader. Not by just being a leader for a while, but painfully evaluating where you've been failing. And as we'll get to in one of the other rules, when you learn and when you're growing and when you're failing as a leader, so often you're hurting people you love. Mm -hmm. Do you want to talk about that one? Sure. Every single lesson you learn as a leader will be at the expense of another human being. Have you found that to be true? <laughs> uh, within the last 24 hours with <laughs> you and I. Yeah, yeah. But no, it was. it's funny that we're talking about this now, given some of the tension and conversations we've had this week. And it was so good. But yes, like it's one thing to get negative feedback or fail or miss the mark on a post or a, so a social media project or um, a graphic, you know, hey, that I, I, that failed and it felt bad, but nobody got hurt. But we're dealing with human beings when we're dealing with leadership. And so we're going to have moments often that we hurt other people. And that's how we learn. <laughs> But it came on the expense of somebody else. Yeah. I mean, I remember telling you, I'm certain that at least 50% of what mm -hmm. I'm saying, I ought not be saying. Like, I'm certain that at least half of what I do ought to be done better. You know, like I perhaps like I, I kind of romanticize the mentors that I have in my life, but I'm always comparing myself to them. And I'm just thinking, wow, I wish they were here instead of me for you guys sometimes. Because I really like in this state of evaluation, it is just so obvious so often, like when those things rear their ugly heads. Right. And I think it's this like 
you know, deposit withdrawal kind of life that we have to live a little bit to where we have to intentionally as leaders be depositing in the lives of our team members. I like to do that in a daily stand-up every single day to where we just stand in a circle every day. We use the excuse of like, what's your high, what's your low today, just to facilitate conversation. But what that creates is context and what that creates is vulnerability. And like Patrick Lencioni says, that's how the best kind of trust is formed. And so as a leader, I just know sometimes intentionally, but typically unintentionally, I'm going to make withdrawals from y'all and in your life. And I, if I haven't built in a rhythm, I'm just, I'm not the type of personality that naturally contributes like and makes deposits. So I have to bake rhythms into our lives as a team to make deposits in y'all's lives because I know the withdrawals are certainly on the way. Mm-hmm. It's the vulnerability there for me too. Like you started that with saying, hey, I admitted to you, I'm probably 50% of the time missing the mark. That's all it takes to bring us back. Like there is some sort of your leader being vulnerable with the team that lets it all down. And it's like, hey, we're all learning here. Everyone's doing their best. This person has my best interest at heart. So Dr. Pyle does such a good job at being vulnerable. Like I just think that's so important Mm -hmm. in a relationship like this too. So I think that's a big part of it. Yeah. you are a hundred percent responsible for everything your team members do, and even more. There's so much wrapped up in that, not only from the leader, but how your team feels about it and the conversations you can have with your team. But as a leader, that was hard for me to start moving from mm-hmm. just the me to, hey, I did a good job on this. Like I can only be responsible for that thing I did, but then you start getting other fingerprints on it. Yep. And you can't say, oh, my team dropped the ball on this. Mm-hmm. No, no, I dropped the ball on not helping my team. And then in the conversations of, hey, team member, this is why I'm asking you questions about it, because ultimately my leader is going to come back and ask me, hey, what's going on here? Yeah. And that's something I constantly struggle with. It's true. Like I remember my mentor looking at our entire team one day, and he said, look, when we win, that's on y'all. And you're going to get celebrated and you're going to get praised. And I'm going to make sure that everyone knows that y'all did it. When we lose, that's on me. Right. And I just, for what it's worth, I just thought, what remarkable leadership. You know, like he's the one who really taught me this idea that I am ultimately responsible for everything my team members do and say and don't do and don't say. And, you know, I, I've i gotten criticism for that in the past to where people say, you know, like, that's that's a little much. Like, don't you lead adults? And I'm like, yes, I do. But if I don't first bear that burden, why would I expect them to? Like, why would I expect my team to bear a burden that I'm intentionally not bearing alongside them, you know? And so I just feel like this idea of I'm responsible, that makes me inspect what I expect, right? And so I, for what it's worth, I remember sometimes like, you know, a newer team member might feel like it's a bit, why is, why is Robbie always checking in? Does he feel like I'm not doing a good job? What's going on here? And then once they really get their heads wrapped around this thing of no, 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 he, he is, he feels like he's responsible for your work and he wants to help you win so that we can all be celebrated knowing that it's going to be on me when the failure happens. That's real. I mean, why would anyone want that? Like, that's a really, really tough position to be in sometimes of like, man, 
I want to win sometimes, like sometimes, but you know, even in staff meetings and things, it's very rare where my name comes up as like a praise. Usually it's like, Mm -hmm. you know, and Robbie has something difficult to say, (laughs) you know, it's just like, you know, but that's, that's just a bit of the life of a leader. And I wish that um, more leaders knew that as they were stepping in to leadership, because things like this, this idea of being responsible for your team that is not natural for a lot of people. So they get put in a position of leadership and then all of a sudden they're blaming their team. This makes no sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It seems very glamorous to a lot of people. A lot of people end up in a leadership role and not really understood what it was. Hey, I was a great salesperson and Hey, I'm doing a great job. So I get better get into leadership. And Mm -hmm. then they're just drowning or it wasn't what they thought it was going to be. And you're right. Like if you're an accolades type person, it can be really hard Mm -hmm. because leaders don't get recognized, like you said. So why do you do it? Because I'm broken. (laughs) Like that thing in my brain is broken, you know, like I honestly like I've seen such great leaders. I have been I have been fortunate beyond belief to have just been under the leadership of some really, really amazing leaders. And I want to be that. Like I, you know, it's, I I can't explain it, but when I look at it, I'm like, man, that looks like it's got to be, one, they made it look so easy, but they're always the first to say like, you know, behind a closed door, man, this has been a really tough season for me. And I'm like, oh my God, like one of my heroes is having a tough season. So I just got a really strange look into the life of great leaders. I am not one, but I would really like to be one one day just because I've seen what an impact that a great leader can have, not just in the in the workspace, but in the life of the people who they who they lead. I'm the beneficiary of that, and I want to be someone that people look at in the future and say, "Man, that he really helped me with my life." Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Well, that's a good setup to we've got a we've got a lot of new leaders here mm-hmm. at Amelia, and at different stages, brand new, all the way up to only been here twelve months or twenty four months. And it's it's really hard, mm-hmm. <laughs> especially in the, I mean, it's hard. We've just said through the whole process. Yep. But God, those first 12 to 24 months are terrible. So we want them all to listen to this because one of the things you said in your article as well is learning the bare basics of leading is a 24-month embarrassing, frustrating, and demoralizing season of one failure after another. Yeah, especially if you have a great mentor. And I know that sounds backwards, but I remember when when my mentor, he looked at me and he was like, look, I think you have what it takes, but you are rough. Like we, there are a lot of rough edges that we need to file off this thing, right? And he's like, it's going to be two years of just like those words that you use, like very Mm -hmm. frustrating, demoralizing. It's going to be painful and embarrassing. Right. And, and so I remember like he called, like, as soon as I was like, yeah, sure. Whatever, man, that sounds great. Let's do it. You know? And within 24 hours, he had called me in his office and he was like, the way that you sit in chairs makes it look like you're arrogant. And I'm like, we're talking about the way that I sit in a chair. Are you, are you kidding me right now? But that's just how it was. It was like every single day, if not multiple times a day, like getting called on the carpet, as he called it, and just like, look, there is something about you that you clearly, if you see this, that's a huge problem. But I don't think you do. And so let's talk about this thing about your personality, about the way you dress, about your demeanor, about, you know, I remember him saying, um, hey, when people are talking to you, you should nod your head. Mm -hmm. 
And I'm like, well, why would I do that? I don't know if I agree with him yet. <laughs> and and he's like, no, like it's like because uh, I hate when I'm talking to someone and they're nodding their head and I'm like, OK, they're with me. They're with me. And they're Great. like, I'm, I disagree. <laughs> I'm doing it right now. <laughs> and and I'm like, I'm like, no, like I that's an integrity problem. Right. Mm-hmm. He was like, no, it's what good human beings do. They acknowledge that they're mm-hmm. receiving information from someone else. And I'm like, God, OK, like. And that's just the personal side of it. Like, oh, my gosh, like it's very it was maybe it's just me. But in my experience, it isn't just me. Learning to lead is genuinely if you have a great mentor, it's two years of like, oh, I didn't do that right. Mm -hmm. I didn't do that right. But then you start seeing yourself like the snowball starts rolling and you're like, oh, my God, like I actually led that meeting really well. Mm -hmm. It's and again, it's something broken. Like it's it's so fun to get to the other side of it and be like, wow, I, I actually did it that time mm-hmm. that it's just so like intoxicating. Any other, while we're still talking about new leaders, any other recommendations you would give somebody in that first really tough period to do, read, say, not do, find a mentor, things like that? Yeah, I would say one, settle into it. Like just embrace it. Just embrace the fact like I've seen I've seen some leaders kind of like who are in training or kind of being bred to, you know, being raised up, so to speak. And like if you can't settle into it, like if you can't, in fact, start to relish the feedback, you won't make it. Like it's just one of those things or you're just not going to be great. You're not going to make the difference that you got into leadership to make to begin with. Like you you have to like almost start seeking it out, like beat your the person who's like teaching or the people who are teaching you to lead, beat them to the question. How can I do better? Like, how was that meeting? How was my tone? How were my talking points? Was the agenda on point? You just get to this point where like, you know, if you like that's the if you're always avoiding that pain, every time it shows up, it stings a lot more than if you seek it out. And it's like a tattoo or something like it's like, this is going to be worth it. Let's just get through it. I know that I'm going to be much better on the other side of it. Mm-hmm. Does that part get easier? I mean, <laughs> I'm still waiting sometimes. Not for me. Like I, I'm a one wing nine on the Enneagram. And so the peacemaker in me hates when people are upset, like the, the, the nine in me, like I, it's, it's, it's still very painful for me to hear where I'm messing up, but not because used to it was like ego, right? It was mm-hmm. as a one, I feel like my ideas are perfect and you just need to get on board. Like mm-hmm. I've already thought this through way more <laughs> layers than you have. So just let's not waste our time with conversation and then go, you know, that was, that was like, you know, 25 year old Robbie, but now it's just, it's painful for a different reason today for that, that reason we talked about that. Every time I fail, it breaks my heart that I hurt someone that I genuinely care about. So it doesn't get easier from that point. And I can't, I hope it never does. All right. So another lesson or warning you give in your article here is your greatest skill sets as a leader can't be measured. Yeah. Good luck showing the ROI on intuition. Yeah. Like that's, it's, it's can be the worst sometimes, you know, and not, Honestly, when I think of people like Dr. Pyle or when I think of people who I've um, been leading teams under in the past, they get it. So it's not a big deal. But for me, I, I started life as a skill player. Like I started life as a printmaker. I ran a printing press and then I was a graphic designer. Like I put my like, you know, thought and like efforts into something I could see or hold in my hand and be like, wow, we get to go show this to the world. But as a leader, like you 
if you're doing those things, you're not really leading well, probably. Like, you probably shouldn't be the one who's creating everything, right? And so it's like, at least for me, when I think about, you know, one of the more difficult parts of leadership that I, I wish I had better understood, like getting into the thing, it's just like, look, when I'm doing my best job, it's going to be really hard to point at any physical manifestation of that and say, look at the great job the leader did. It's almost always, wow, look at what the team did and that they were excited through the process and they produce something that is a life-changing thing at the end of it. And again, you, it's just so hard to point at the leader. And But the, the, the fact that the matter is we've always felt this. We've all felt this at one point to where when there isn't great leadership, it's just a disaster mm -hmm. all the time. Things are too slow. There's arguments. You start working on something and it's like, oh, the requirements weren't actually right. Like when there's a lack of leadership, we all feel it. But it's like, you know, when 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 your car is running correctly, you don't start your car and appreciate it. It's just supposed to happen, right? But then all of a sudden, like, your car won't start, and all of a sudden you have this crisis, and you think, gosh, like, I really actually appreciate my car. So it's this funny thing that when it's going well, no one really notices. But when it's not going well, everyone feels it. Yeah, that's a tough one. That's a tough one for me, too. Like, mm -hmm. I, I have this sense, at the end of the day, I need to be productive, mm -hmm. you know, and not to some days not be able to see, hey, I built this, hey, I had my hands on this. But thinking through what my team did, you know, and I helped lead them towards this. But that has been an internal struggle for me. I love at the end of the day, I did this check check boxes and I don't really get that yeah. <laughs> so much right. as a leader. Um, okay, one more because okay. this is a tough one. Um, since you will be involved in the most difficult conversations with team members, you will often be seen as the bad guy. Yep. As a people pleaser and a seven and somebody who needs and wants to be liked – this is probably one of my biggest hurdles. Like, yeah. I don't want to be the bad guy. I want to be your friend and I want to work alongside you. But that just, that doesn't make a good leader. But it's the hard part of this. Well, you bring up such a complexity. It isn't just that you will be seen as the bad guy. But also, again, if we're doing a great job developing a really connected team, you develop friendships within the team. And a lot of those times you have to be a bad guy to your friend. Like a lot of those times, like, or sometimes you know things about your friends before they know things about mm -hmm. their future, you know? And that's a really difficult thing, not just to carry and hold as a leader, but for your friend to understand and be accepting of. And I remember um, in my last career, one of my best friends was going to get fired in four weeks. And I knew it for four weeks. And so he, the day he got fired, he came, I, I, it wasn't on my team, thank God. And he came to me and he said, Hey man, did you know I was going to get fired today? And I was like, I did. I'm so sorry. I knew for four weeks. And he said, and it was just this like moment, like, what's he going to say? Like, is he going to be mad at me? And he's a great friend. And he said, I'll bet that was really hard for you. Oh, well, that's awesome. It was just amazing. And I was just like, thank God. Like, thank God he understands that, you know, if I betray that trust, I'm betraying my family's livelihood. And great friends would never ask a leader in an organization to put them above their family's livelihood, my paycheck and my benefits and all these things, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's really tough. It's tough to be the bad guy. 
it really is tough to be a bad guy. It's even worse when it's something that involves someone who you would look at and consider a friend. Mm-hmm. That's so tough. This was such a great article. Thanks. Like I, I appreciate you shining the light. And I think people are starting to shine the light more on the flip side and not making leadership look so glamorous and like this end goal that's what you want to be. Um, because we need better leaders who can be vulnerable and show this part to their team too. Like this was helpful to see how you struggle with it. It doesn't always look super easy now that we know how hard you work at leading us and making our lives better. So I appreciate you and I love this topic. Any final thoughts? Yeah, like I think the best thing a leader can possibly do is to use the phrase, as I'm learning to lead. I remember my mentor used that phrase, and he had been leading huge projects and important teams for years. And I remember the day that I first heard him say that, when he said, hey, as I'm learning to lead, here's what I think that we ought to do. And it's a phrase that I have tried to keep with me and try to say on a regular basis. I certainly say it in my head a lot. I hope I say it out loud a lot. But just this idea to where you tell your team, hey, I'm learning. You know, my, my wife, Jenny, and I, we tell our daughter, Hazel, all the time, hey, we're learning too. Like we are, we are learning to be parents. Thank you for your grace with us, right? And I think the the trap that so many leaders fall into is this fake it till you make it mindset, to where they feel like they have to pretend that they have all the answers, that they have to make every decision. And I think it's a trap. I think it's a way better strategy to say to your team, "Let's learn together." Like, I'm learning to lead. I might be just a little further down the path than you. I may not be. I don't know how I ended up in this seat, but I'm in this seat. So let's learn to do this together. And that openness and that vulnerability, I think in 50% of the time when I know I'm saying or doing the wrong thing, I what I have experienced is that it, it, it helps y'all have a lot of grace with me in my process as I'm learning to lead with you. Yeah, 100%. I never recognized you doing that. But when I realize even you saying it right now, it's like you're taking some of the weight and I'm learning is like an action step. Like you're actually putting work towards it. Mm-hmm. It's not just like, hey, this is how I am. I'm not a great leader. Deal with it. Yeah. It's like, hey, I'm working on this. So that's my best takeaway from today. I can use that at home. Can I use that? I'm still learning to be a wife here. Yeah, I'm still learning true. to be an adult. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thank you so much, Robbie. So Robbie and Greta today talked about leadership. They talked about how hard it is. They talked about how fun it is. They talked across the whole emotional spectrum of what it entails. And I'm struck when I think about this, and I've thought about it a lot lately. I'm struck by how little we as humans, but especially in medicine, invest in knowing what we want. We don't, on the front end, say like, what do I want out of this life? Or what do I want out of this position or this job or this relationship? We just sort of do without planning. And that works for the most part. But I think if you want to get to that next level, if you want to get a little deeper in your life, if you want to live a little more thorough, it takes a little self-inspection. So we've built this thing. We're building this thing called AmeliaLeads.com, full of resources for that sort of thing. If you're at a point in your life where you're ready to dive in just a little bit, it's a good place to start. I can't wait to see you again. Thank you for your time.